I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Courageous Podcast today. I so appreciate you for joining us today. Hey, today I have a special guest. Her name is Bewindy Bob, and she's from Memphis, Tennessee, but she's originally from St. Lucia, so I'm excited to hear all about that. She is a licensed clinical social worker and the CEO and founder of Against All Odds Professional Counseling Services. Bewindy provides therapy as well as Christ-centered counseling to professionals and young adults who are struggling with emotional conflicts and works with them to help develop a better perspective so that they can walk in freedom. Bewindy is the creator and host of Empowered to Empower You podcast, which focuses on all things Jesus, mental health, and wellness, and each episode is packed with information, inspiration, and insight. Bewindy is also a published author of the Empowerment for You, Encouragement for Your Spiritual and Emotional Wellness, and her newest release is Empowerment for You Reflection Workbook. Bewindy, thank you, thank you, and welcome to the Courageous Podcast today. My pleasure, Madeline. It's such an honor to be here with you. Well, you and I met through a connection, a dear friend, Stephanie Kelleher, who was on on the podcast. And she's like, hey, I got this girl. She's awesome. You're going to love her. And oh, my God, she was right. (laughs) Our first conversation was amazing, even though it was brief. But I feel like we unpacked a lot of little different things. And so um, you had said that when you thought about what was one of the hardest things that you overcame, which I had said, I'm sure there's many, but you said the first one that came to mind was a moment in your life, which was about rejection. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my God, I know, I know, I know what she's talking about. And so before we get into that, I wanted you to just tell me a little bit about your upbringing and where you came from. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking that. So I was born and raised in St. Lucia in the Eastern Caribbean. I haven't been there since I left. So I, I, my journey had was St. Lucia. I left when I was probably a teenager and, and moved to, we moved to the Virgin Islands and I went to school in, in, in St. Thomas on the St. Thomas Island. So just imagine your mode of transportation is a huge boat from St. Thomas to home in St. John and the excitement of the water from the beach splashing on you. I absolutely miss those days. And then we moved from from there to Columbus, Ohio in 98. Talk about culture shock. Definitely. Um, Yes, I went to college in Ohio. I moved by myself to St. Louis, Missouri for graduate school. And honestly, the Lord led me to Memphis, Tennessee uh, in, in 2006 amazing and mm-hmm. what what prompted your family to to want to move to the states you know to go to ohio mm-hmm. st lucia as beautiful as it is is normally identified as oh my gosh it's paradise but it's also a third country and so when we are international into most people in the international um or group internationally see america as a land of opportunity and so my father wanted to have for us to have more opportunities to thrive. And so that was the motivation behind us being in the United States of America. Everybody's looking for the American dream. 
What I love is when people come from other countries and they really, really take advantage of the resources and the things that we can provide here in the States. And I'll just, you know, call myself out. I believe that there are people that have done that more so than even myself. When I think about growing up here, you know, being born here and having all of the resources that throughout life, I haven't really taken advantage of it the way that I could have or should have. And so I truly admire when people come here and just do amazing things with their lives and are giving back and contributing like you are. And so why did you decide to go into social work? Oh man, let's just say that I had a Jonah experience. <laughs> hmm. I knew that as a child, I knew that, well, let's just say I had my own bout of low self-esteem and depression and suicidal thoughts as a child. Hmm. But I knew that there was something in my life, on my life. I did not have the language to know that it was the anointing, that it was something unique about me that I kind of had the wisdom to give advice. I kind of, I, I wanted to be the voice of other people because mm. there were times where I felt like I didn't have the voice to speak. And so as I grew up, as I grew older, even, you know, high school, because by the time I was in the Virgin Islands, I had another high school and then going into college, people felt safe to talk to me. But even in college, I still resist. There was a lot of resistance. And so I started majoring just to run away from the idea of social worker counseling. I didn't understand the, the, the calling behind that. I started majoring in computer information systems. Talk about a far-fetched uh, runaway. And the, the registrar was like, baby, you're going to need to change your major because you're not doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Yes, no, right. It's, I, so I still trying to run away. I, I started majoring in rehabilitation services, which dealt with persons with disabilities. It wasn't so much of a bad idea, but that was still my wanting to do something else other than that. Of course, graduate school, you really have to know what do you want to be in life and what's your focus? And so by graduate school, I decided, you know, the major of, of, of social work. And I'm really, really thankful. So now I understand more that it's not just a profession but it's a profession, yes. right? It's, it's a calling to do what, what I'm able to do. I love that you shared that you also struggled with a lot of the very things that you are now helping yeah. young people and adults with. And so it's easier probably to speak to that, to say, yeah, I understand because I was there and I went through that. And so obviously you go on this journey of wanting to help people um, in this profession, create change, and you start working for an organization with some very, very high hopes. So tell me about that encounter. Absolutely. So this wasn't the first job I had when I moved here. I've had, I had had a few experiences um, in Memphis, but in, in March of 2017, March 20th, 2017, to be exact, I was offered an opportunity to be a director of adult services at a mental health case management agency. I will not mention the name. And, you know, this was the first time to be a leader. I, I, I know that I'm a leader. I know I've always known that there was leadership, you know, in me. And so this was an opportunity. I saw it as a gift to be able to come and learn the culture, but also lead the culture, right? And foster a, a wonderful working relationship over time, when I first came, I noticed there was a very negative, oppressive environment. Mm. You know, 
uh, I noticed that the staff literally walked like the walking dead. They were very disgruntled and they were sad and kind of wanting to ask, what happened to y'all? What, what, what is going on in this agency? And I, full of hope and encouragement, I love to encourage people. That is my spiritual gift, optimism. You know, I started doing things to build morale and I started doing things to encourage the staff, even recognizing their birthdays and providing clinical consultation. And the staff would tell me, they used to call me boss lady, boss <laughs> lady, you know, we never got anything like this, you know, we've never experienced, you're so positive. Even they noticed that there was something different yes. about me and the way that I led from the beginning. So they finally got someone that understood, that cared, that had empathy and said, I need to go a little bit deeper. And yes. I can relate to that because of my HR profession. And I've been in HR for, you know, so, so many years. Mm -hmm. And I, I walked into those very oppressed places and I've seen people kind of broken and I've been a part of being able to create change. And, you know, sometimes you do go in there very hopeful and excited. Uh, you, you have this new job, a new opportunity, and sometimes it doesn't go the way that we want. You know what I mean? There are places where it's very hard to change those things, but we need to continue to be who God created us to be and continue to be positive and be the change. And so do you feel that when you went in there, did you have the support that you needed? Because a lot of times you start a new job and they paint it like it's this great, perfect place. And then you get in there and you're like, whoa, what's going on? You know, did they support you? Not entirely. So not specifically from upper leadership. I started seeing that upper leadership was threatened by my presence because it was something different that they had never seen. There's such a powerful thing with rebuilding relationship. And so as I started to develop relationship and rapport with the staff on my team, there were some that came around eventually to say, what do you need, boss lady? You know, how can we help you type of thing? But it was a fight. It was a struggle for sure. And, you know, being the director, all of these people are also hopeful, like, hey, we've got this new person. She's here. She's going to make changes. Hopefully we will get something new, something different. But as you and I were talking, you know, there's always going to be those haters out there that are not happy about the positive, cheery person that's coming in to create this change. I'm sure some people, because I've heard it in some of my clients' workplaces, well, who does she think she is? She just got here, you know, like, yes. look at her all happy and everything. Like, you need to stop that. And so what happened on that on a particular day where your two supervisors kind of walked in and you were surprised at that visit into your office? Absolutely. So this is almost a year into the agency, into my role. And March 2nd, 2018, I was in my office. Um, I, I love the sounds of birds and waves being an island girl. And so I had bird sounds playing from YouTube and music and staff thought that there were literal birds in my office. Like, what's going on in your office, boss lady? <laughs> and so for a moment, I was by myself and two COOs came into the office and it was a Friday. And essentially they said, we need to speak with you on Monday. And so I thought that was strange. Well, why not talk to me right now, right? And so both of them sat down and they essentially said, unfortunately, we have decided that your services are no longer needed. And the female COO is almost in tears. Her eyes are watering. 
up as she's saying this because she knows that this is this is something very unjust that's happening. What I found out later on is that they had secretively came down and got the staff from my floor to bring them upstairs to meet with the CEO of the organization to basically have the staff falsely accuse me or write a letter to report something about me that were instigated by one of the supervisors on my team. So the supervisor on my team was spreading lies about me, had said something that I said about the CEO that I had never said. And so there was a lot happening in that moment. And so when the COOs are in front of me, I essentially repeated back what they said just to make sure. So are you saying to me that my services are no longer needed because you're saying that my philosophy of team morale and building the team does not align with your agency. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. That was the reason for the termination. And of course, I'm, I don't know if you know, in Tennessee, there is a, it is an at-will state for termination. So they don't really have to give you a reason. But that was the reason on the documentation. That is ridiculous. Yes. But I know and you know that this happens every single day that people are being let go unjustly. And now it's funny because now in the workplace, you know, people are so shocked about the great resignation and you have millions of people leaving their jobs because they're sick and tired and fed up of being treated this way. And so, you know, then you wonder why people have quit their jobs. It's like, wait a minute, I don't want to live like this. I want freedom. I want happiness. I want work-life balance, you know, but there you are trying to do the very thing that they hire you to do and what was so needed. And again, that wasn't what they really wanted. And so how did you feel in that moment when you got that news? Because I could imagine that you were in shock. I was in shock. I was in shock. I feel like the Lord prepared me for that. I don't. I can't really understand, but spiritually, I believe the Lord prepared me for that. In my devotion, there was something that I wrote down, stand still, stand firm, stand strong. I believe mm. those were three things that I wrote down in that morning of my devotion. I didn't understand why the Lord was telling me to stand still, stand firm, stand strong. Right. But, so I still remember my disposition. I, I, I will never forget. I was head up, you know, look, given eye contact, firm. I was unshaken by that. Mm. I was shocked by it. And I essentially asked the question, how long do I have? And they told me, today is your last day. So I had no preparation. I, I, I remember saying, I don't think that's fair. You gave such and such 30 days to leave. Right. And you're telling me, a licensed clinical professional, that I need to leave today. I'm treated as if I have done something wrong here. And I said, I just, the next thing I asked was, well, I, I need some boxes because I have a lot of things to pack. Oh my goodness. I have to say, B. Wendy, I I have been on the on the other side of that, both sides. I've had to terminate people, unfortunately, and I've also been terminated. And I know what that feels like. And because I know what that feels like, I have made it my mission in my work and with my clients to make sure that I terminate with grace. Mm. And so whenever I'm letting or a part of a conversation where I need to let somebody go, I always treat them with gentleness and kindness. I do not allow anyone to, any manager, anyone to disparage or point out every little thing that was done incorrectly and so forth. Like, 
the decision's been made. I want this person to walk away with dignity because I want them to go on because one job doesn't mean that that's the end. You know what I mean? And so for you, you know, what was it like as a professional? You know, was it hard to maintain your composure as a professional and as a Christian? That's such a great question. I remember as the female COO leaves and the male COO stays, and he's, of course, supervising and making sure. And he says to me, well, Miss Bob, you know, let's, we need to hurry it up because I don't want you to make a scene. And essentially I said, Mr. So-and-so, let's just call him Mark. That's not his name. I came in with dignity and I'm going to walk out with dignity. And even leaving, you know, by the time I'm uh, packing and moving boxes, the staff who were secretively lured upstairs are now coming downstairs and they are in tears. And I was comforting them. Mm. I, the one who's being rejected, the one who's told she, you need to leave, that you're no longer needed, that the one who's discarded essentially is having to comfort the staff and say, you, we will make it, you will be all right. And I kept my composure the entire time. And was it was it hard to keep my composure the entire time? I'll tell you what really anchored me. Honestly, my faith. Hmm. My faith. Now, did I cry after that? I know we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, absolutely, I did. Right. Thankfully, my friend, who was the other director, she was she was on maternity leave, and she happened to just be going home that day, and she allowed me to come over, and I definitely cried and put myself together. But while I was there, they never saw a tear. They never saw a tear from me. Girl, that's me. I can be broken, but I will not <laughs> let you see that, especially if I know I've been treated unjustly. Yes. Um, we have to maintain our composure, right? I mean, we have to. One thing that, that really stuck with me that you said was, when I asked you that question privately, you said, I know who I am in Christ. Yes. And that just sealed it for me. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I know exactly what she means yes. and I understand it. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that. And so, you know, Bwindi, what was your motivation to push through that? Because a situation like that, you and I know, and you being a professional can literally break and shake somebody to the point where they can't go on. They don't want to look for another job. They feel rejected. Like you said, discarded. What was your motivation to push through that? I just, I just knew then that my God will supply my needs. I just knew that he will take care of me, that even if whatever people cause to, this was meant to destroy my career. This was meant to embarrass me, yes. but I knew that I knew that he he has me. He has his daughter. And I was confident. I never once doubted, oh my gosh, I'm going to be put out of my home. I just believe in being anchored by the Lord and by who he is. And to be honest, even after termination, less than a month later, God blessed me with a better job. Mm. I never missed a beat. Thank you, Jesus. I never, my bills were paid. My bills were still paid. I, I just trusted him Amen. even through that moment. That's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes we think that, you know, when they say that when one door closes, another one opens. And that is so true. And that's why we have to put our trust in God, because he knew that, you know, your your job there was done and he needed to open the door to something new and better. And so looking back, you know, is there anything that you think you would have done differently? You know, 
the one thing, no, I don't think I could have, I could have done anything differently. I do think, I wish I had my day in court, but when I, as I was preparing for this podcast, I just remember Jesus never had his day in court. You know, yes. he was falsely accused all the time and they never allowed him to defend himself. And really he didn't have to defend himself. That's and so right. I wish that would have happened, but I never had an, a chance to even say, no, these accusations are false. Right. You know, so. I remember when I asked you, you know, about a courageous story, this mm -hmm. was a story that came to mind, but you had said that you had never, ever shared this with anybody about how you felt about the rejection. Why did you decide to share the story with me? Wow. I really, it's so, I know this is a God move because I wasn't released to share it earlier. Hmm. And God had to make sure, and I, I had to make sure that I was healed. You know, I have forgiven the staff. I have forgiven the CEO. If I were to see them on the street, in fact, since then I have seen the CEO greeted her. I would walk in love with them. You know, it did not need to come up. I would have been in my flesh and I would have been talking negatively and I still would have been responsible. And just the, the thing that I learned, one of the things that I learned is just because we're hurt does not give us the right or the license to act vind vindictively or to be That's negative right. or to be disrespectful. Right. That's and right. so there are so many people that are dealing with rejection Rejection is rejection, whether it's termination, whether it's in a in a marriage, divorce, yes. or family, or in relationships. Period. Yes. But there's a lot of people right now who are having, who are being told that you don't matter here. Yes. In so many ways, and so many people are feeling like they're shrinking in their workplace, and I just believe that this is the Lord wanted me to share this story for a reason. Number one, for Him to get the glory. Number two, to, to share with people that you can rise above any circumstance. And just because it, it's a bad event, it doesn't have to define your life story. That's right. I love that. That is literally the basis for courageous is to understand that we are not defined by the things that you know we've been through, the mistakes that we've made, the things that have been done to us by other people. We still have to rise above and be better. And mm -hmm. so if there's somebody listening, be windy right now, that was terminated or because you're a licensed professional, has been rejected by somebody that they love, feels discarded, feels like they're not important, like you said, what would you say to them right now to encourage them so that they can go on? The first thing I would say is, I am so sorry that this happened to you. The second thing I would say is, take keep your head up in the moment, but when you get a chance, cry, allow yourself to feel that, Allow, your, allow yourself permission to grieve that because it's still grief. That's right. Connect with your supports. If you are a believer, pray. Remember God's promises. Remember who your daddy is. That's if you're right. not a believer, connect with your support system. Take your time. Pick yourself back up. Keep on trying again. And remember that you've also gone through hard things before. This is not the first hard thing that you have gone through. And you got through the last hard thing. And you will get through this hard thing. And I will also say for some people, you may have to seek therapy. Yes. Because this can be one of the most derailing events in your life. It can strip you of your confidence. When this happens, it attacks your character. 
your reputation, and your livelihood. Yes. Those are three things that can cause somebody to go off edge. So you may need to seek counseling to get through this. That's right. That's why so many times people go into the workplace and they do the things that they do. You know, nobody wakes up one day and says, I want to go cause harm to people, but you need to seek help because sometimes there's a breaking point for everyone and you can't do it by yourself, you know, and you can't figure it out by going and paying bad for bad. Like that is not what God calls us to do. And so I'm so, so glad that you said that. And so after going through that, what does life look like today for Be Wendy Bob? Oh my gosh, I love this question. <laughs> life today, Be Wendy Bob is thriving. She is serving purposefully. I am in full-time private practice. I have autonomy and freedom to incorporate Christ and the Word of God in therapy. I am no longer stifled by any particular organization. I get to serve the disenfranchised and I get yes. to serve the people that are hurting. And I am busy. You know, I've written two books. I, I, I host a podcast. There's some more things that, I, that I'm called to do, like more speaking events. And I'm actually in the process of hiring staff because I cannot serve, I cannot serve the masses by myself. Right. There's a lot happening in this season, <laughs> for sure. I love it. But, you know, it's a great example of if you trust God yeah. and you believe in his promises and his purpose for your life, mm -hmm. that he will make a way and that you will come out on the other side. And so sometimes we got to go through that stuff. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. God is like, I'm, I'm preparing you. I, I'm mm -hmm. going to shake you up. I'm going to break you a little bit, but then I'm going to reshape you and remold you, mm -hmm. you know, and you're going to be even better. And look at where you are today. And that's really the message of our conversation today, right, B. Wendy, yes. is that no matter what we go through, that we can still overcome if we trust in the Father and we just continue to move forward. I posted something today that that just to remind us that a lot of times we look back at the mistakes that we have made. But in the word it says is that, listen, I remember your sin no more. Mm. And so we continue to remember and hold on to it when God says, it's in the past, right. you know, because of who I am, I can let it go and I can forgive you. And so I want to leave people with that and remember that. And so be windy. Of course, I got to support my entrepreneurial sister, my fellow podcaster. How can people connect with you? Absolutely. That's a great question. So people can find me on Instagram at be at empowered, the number two serve. I'm also on Facebook, be windy, Bob. Uh, people can also go on my website, www.bewendy.com, or they can go on www.aaopcs.net. The podcast is on several platforms. So if you just if you just search for Be Wendy Bob, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google, there's a lot of ways to get in touch with me. You could even YouTube, YouTube me. I'm sure there's a lot of things on, under my name as well. And both of the books are available through my website, bewendy.com or Amazon as well. And be Wendy, just do you do counseling via Zoom or you know, do you provide services in that way if anybody wanted to reach out to you? That's a really good question. I am 100% virtual okay. and I am licensed to serve in the state of Tennessee, but I do also provide, if I cannot serve the client, of course, I'm building my, my group practice to add on more clinicians. So if I cannot serve them, of course, we will make sure that they're taken care of. And I also provide coaching, but my schedule is so full. So not right mm. now. Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, I'm so glad 
that we had this opportunity to connect. I want to pray blessings over you, over your practice, and that God will continue to use you mm -hmm. to encourage young people to serve those that have been rejected and discarded and disenfranchised. You are in the right place. Uh, and I'm so excited for you for your podcast. Listen, go, go listen to it. I've listened to it. It's it's the same. We're encouraging people, but Wendy's bringing uh, her own spin to it, uh, bring a lot of great resources and information. And so I encourage you to go and listen to her podcast, check out her book. And if you want to get in touch with her through me, please reach out to me. I'd love for you to connect with her. Wendy. Thank you again for being on Courageous Podcast. And I look forward to us collaborating again in the future. Me too. And I absolutely love your podcast. And thank you for inviting me and, 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 and being able to be here today. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening today. If you're watching, hey, thank you. Pray blessings over you. If you need anything, please message me, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Let me know. Um, if you have a courageous story, I'd love to have you on. If you need me to pray for you and encourage you, please message me. I'm here to serve. Thank you and take care. Hey, Courageous Community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.